Today we are starting a new series which is called All I Want for Christmas, tapping into one of the most famous Christmas songs of all time, Rachel's absolute favourite Christmas song. And so today we're going to start exploring what the things are that we really want for Christmas, tapping into the themes that we're exploring through Advent of hope, love, joy and peace. And so I want to begin by asking you that question, what do you want for Christmas? In fact, I'm going to give you an opportunity to be able to spend a bit of time talking about that. So if you're with some other people, uh, feel free to just share what's one thing that you want for Christmas. If you're on your own, jot something down, or you might even like to go over to the chat and let us know what it is that you want for Christmas. But take a couple of moments. What do you want for Christmas? Hopefully you were able to come up with a few things that you want for Christmas. My sense is that as we head towards this Christmas, there's a big emphasis on hope. A lot of things that we're hoping for as we head towards Christmas. And one of the biggest things is that we're hoping that we can have some version of a normal Christmas, an opportunity to be able to spend time with family and friends as we normally would do at Christmas time, but to be able to do that in some way that resembles what a normal traditional Christmas might look like for us. I think a lot of us have a sense of hope that there's going to be a vaccine that's around the corner, that uh, as we move beyond Christmas, that there's something that uh, gets rolled out that means that we can return to some version of normal life. I think for a lot of us, we hope that 2021 is a better year than this year has been. It's been an incredibly challenging year with so many ups and downs, and we hope that as we head into 2021, we can kind of press the reset button and start again with a fresh, clean focus on what it means to be able to live life the way that we know that we're supposed to. And when we talk about hope, we want to clarify that we're not talking about blind optimism or just wishful thinking. Sometimes we get those two things confused, what we hope for and what we just kind of wish is going to happen. When we talk about hope, we're talking about a confident expectation about what's going to happen based on what has happened in the past. A confident expectation about what's going to happen based on what's happened in the past. 
So if we look at a couple of those examples, we have a sense of hope, confident expectation that a vaccine is going to be rolled out heading into next year. And that's because of what's happened in the past, that there's been a whole bunch of trials that have happened, a whole bunch of tests through this year. And it's looking really, really positive that those are effective and that there's not too many side effects. And so we have a confident expectation that as we head into next year, there might be a vaccine that's available. We have a confident expectation about being able to meet together for Christmas. That's based on what's happened in the past, that because of restrictions being lifted, uh, because of borders being opened, that there is the possibility that we're going to be able to have some version of a normal Christmas where we get to spend time with family and with friends. Now, it's important to contrast that with what's happening in other parts of the world and what hope versus wishful thinking looks like. So I was talking to some of our friends in Canada this week and uh, for them, things have gotten worse, not better. They continue to break records on a daily basis in terms of the number of cases that they have. And we know that in the US, it's significantly worse than that. And uh, in parts of Europe, it's still really bad, although it's starting to ease off a little bit. But they know heading into Christmas that they're not going to be able to see extended family and friends, that there's nothing that looks like a normal Christmas. They're not going to be able to have Christmas services. A whole bunch of things are off the table. So if they thought, well, we're going to have a normal Christmas and we're going to see people, that would be wishful thinking because it's not a confident expectation based on the past. It's living in fantasy land. Whereas for us, we do have this confident expectation. And as people who follow Jesus, we are big believers in hope but it's a little bit more specific than what we've just said. Our hope is a confident expectation of what God is going to do based on what God has done in the past. Our hope is a confident expectation of what God's going to do based on what God has done in the past. And so as we begin our Advent season, it's helpful for us to remind ourselves about the hopes that were floating around at the first Christmas. For generations and generations, there had been this sense of hope about what God was going to do, the hope of the promises that God was going to fulfill, the hopes in terms of what God was going to do based on what God had done and what God had said in the past. And specifically, there was this huge sense of hope, a confident expectation that one day a Messiah was going to arrive, a Messiah who is a saviour, a rescuer, someone who is going to come and set things right once and for all, who is going to bring a sense of peace. Shalom is the Jewish word for that, which means life the way that it's supposed to be, that a Messiah was going to come and usher that in to our reality. And so there's a number of passages that help us to tap into the hopes, the confident expectations that people had about what this Messiah was going to be like. We're going to look at Isaiah chapter 9 and a number of the prophecies that come from there. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 tells us that one of the hopes, confident expectations they had was a hope for a light in the darkness. Isaiah 9 verse 2 said, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For those who lived in a land of deep shadows, light, sunbursts of light. It's expectation that the Messiah was going to come and he was going to bring light into the world that would push back the darkness, light that would allow us to see things accurately, to be able to see the way forward. In verse 3, we're then told that they also had a hope for an experience of significant joy. Isaiah 9 verse 3 says, you repopulated the nation, you expanded its joy. Oh, they're so glad in your presence. Festival joy, the joy of a great celebration, sharing rich gifts and warm greetings. 
The expectation was that the Messiah would usher in this amazing sense of joy, festival joy, the joy of a great celebration, being able to share together. The language that's originally used here is talking about the idea of the joy that comes at a feast at the end of a harvest season. So all of this hard work that's been done, all of these crops that have been grown, all of the work that's attached to that, all of the reaping of the crops, and then the celebration to be able to say, isn't this awesome? Look at all that's been produced. Look at all that we have. That's a sense of joy that there was a confident expectation the Messiah would bring. Isaiah 9 verses 4 and 5 says that there was also a hope for freedom from oppression. The abuse of oppressors and cruelty of tyrants. All their whips and cudgels and curses is gone, done away with. A deliverance as surprising and sudden as Gideon's old victory over Midian. Now this is a big part of why the hope was that this Messiah was actually going to be a military ruler who was going to come in and overthrow the Roman army and be able to stop the oppression of the Romans over the Israelite people. Now, the good news is that Jesus did come to bring an an end to oppression, but he didn't do that through violence. He didn't come and just flip the power structures so that other people were being oppressed. Jesus came as the Messiah to bring a freedom from all types of oppression, all types of slavery, to be able to mean that we are set free, that we are completely forgiven, that we are all set on equal ground. That's the freedom that Jesus comes to bring as the Messiah. We're also told in 2 Samuel that there was this hope, this expectation that a king would come who would set up a new kingdom. These words were spoken to David. God himself will build you a house. When your life is complete and you're buried with your ancestors, then I'll raise up your child, your own flesh and blood to succeed you, and I'll firmly establish his rule. He will build a house to honour me and I'll guarantee his kingdom's rule permanently. This expectation that someone who was from the line of David, someone from David's family, would end up coming as a new king who would establish a new kingdom. And we talk often about how the word kingdom can be understood as God's dream for humanity, the picture of life the way that it's supposed to be, that this new king who was from David's line was going to come and establish a kingdom where we would get to experience God's way of life forever, that that would be set up and permanently established. We're then also told that there was this hope, this confident expectation of Emmanuel coming, God with us. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 says, The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. This confident expectation that God was going to come and enter into our human existence. John talks about this when at the beginning of the book of John in the message translation, he talks about Jesus coming and moving into the neighborhood. This idea that God comes and sets up his home, his dwelling amongst us so that we can really get to know him, that we can know that he is with us in everything that's going on. We also know, and we'll unpack this more in the weeks ahead, that there was expectations about what love, joy and peace look like in significant ways. All of these hopes, these confident expectations of what God was going to do through the arrival of the Messiah that's celebrated at Christmas. That's the expectation that the Israelites had, 
that those things were going to happen. And it wasn't just wishful thinking, not just fantasy or daydreams, but this confident sense of trust that God was going to come through based on how God had always kept his promises in the past, based on God's faithfulness. Now for us, our hope, our confident expectation is even higher than that because we sit on the other side of all of these prophecies and so many more having been fulfilled through Jesus. We have an even greater sense of confident expectation about what the future is going to be because our past includes Jesus coming and fulfilling all of those things. Jesus coming and being God with us. Jesus coming and being the light that shines in the darkness. Jesus coming to bring a sense of joy to us. Jesus coming to establish God's kingdom once and for all. We have a confident hope, confident expectation of what the future holds because of what God has done in the past. And yet, we know that that's not what our full experience of life is all about. That even though that's our confident expectation, that's not what our daily experience is necessarily filled with. We know that we continue to experience sickness, sadness, grief, pain, hurt. We know that our lives are often dictated by selfishness rather than what God's best is. But that's why hope is so important for us because we hold on to a sense of confident expectation that God is with us even in the midst of the difficult times, that God's light is still shining for us even when it feels like there's darkness, that God's joy is available to us even when it doesn't feel like there's much to be joyful about. And we have this confident expectation and hope that one day all of those things will be resolved and we will get to experience things the way that it's supposed to be absolutely permanently. But we also have this hope and this confident expectation that God actually wants to use us to help those things become a reality. That we have this incredible privilege to partner with God to help people to experience light, to help people to experience a sense of joy to help people to see and experience what God's dream is for us, to bring a tangible experience of God's presence into people's lives. All of those things are the privilege that we get to do and we have a hope, confident expectation that God's going to use us to be able to help those things become more and more of a reality. So to dig into this a little bit further, we're going to have a look at 1 John chapter 5, verses 13 to 15. Now, this is a couple of chapters on from where you're probably up to if you're following along in our 1 John reading plan. So I apologise for the spoiler alert here, giving away the ending of the book. Uh, but these are really appropriate verses that come that we'll read in a couple of weeks that really help us to understand even more about what hope looks like. So 1 John chapter 5, verses 13 to 15. I've written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. And we're confident that God hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. One of the things that we have a sense of hope for, confident expectation, is that we have been given eternal life. But what exactly is eternal life? It's an interesting question for us to wrestle with because John, who wrote these letters that we have, including 1 John, also wrote the book of John, one of the four biographies about Jesus. And he defines eternal life this way in John chapter 17, verse 3. Now, this is eternal life, that they know you, 
the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's a bit of a challenge for a lot of us about what eternal life is because sometimes we can think that the Christmas story is really simply down to this. Jesus was born so that ultimately he could die so that we could have our ticket punched to be able to go to heaven. And that's what eternal life is, having our ticket punched to go to heaven. But John seems to indicate that eternal life is so much more than that, that eternal life at its core is knowing God intimately and that we get to experience that through Jesus. That's really staggering when you stop and think about it because this means that it's something we can experience in the here and now, that our confident expectation is not just that we're hoping and waiting until we pass from this life into the next to be able to get eternal life, but that eternal life is available to us here today, an opportunity for us to know God, to connect with God, to have a full, complete relationship with God is something that's been established and has been given to us in the here and now. Now, again, we feel this tension because we know that that might be true, but at the same time, we know that it's not what we experience all of the time, that we don't have a full sense of complete connection with God. And we know that when we do pass from this life into the next, we will get to experience God in all of his fullness 100% of the time. So this element of now and not yet. But we understand that this is what God has always wanted from us since the beginning of creation. God's desire for us was that we would be able to have a full, complete relationship with him. And that's established through Jesus. This is the whole focus of what John's letter is that we've been reading over these last couple of weeks. His desire is that we can have an experience of the fullness of God's love in our lives so that we can then be motivated and inspired to share that love with the people around us. That's not something that we wait for in the future. That's something that we have the opportunity to be a part of in the here and now. That's the hope, the confident expectation that we have, that we get to experience God's love. We get to experience a relationship with God in the here and now and forever in eternity. And so John says, because of that, we can pray with confidence. That in those moments where we recognise that our hopes haven't been completely fulfilled, that our expectations haven't been completely met yet, in those times where we're struggling and when there's darkness, we can confidently come to God and pray and say, thank you that you are with us in the midst of everything that's going on. There's a few things that especially as we head into this next month leading up to Christmas can come to the surface for us, which really does stop us from experiencing all that we know that God's got for us. For many of us, we have relationship challenges that are in front of us, whether those are family dynamics, relationships with close friends that might have broken down, or whether these are long-term issues that have been there for years or decades in some of our relationships. We know that Christmas brings all of that stuff up to the surface again and reminds us that things aren't the way that they're supposed to be. But we can have this confident expectation, this sense of hope that we can pray and God will hear us, that God knows what we're going through and that God wants us to experience peace in the midst of those challenging situations, in the midst of the conflicts, in the midst of the turmoils, that God is with us. For some of us, we're struggling financially and as the year comes to a close, we are really stressed about what next year is going to look like. But Christmas again brings all that to the surface as we think about what presents look like and the things that we'd love to do but maybe aren't able to afford. 
our hope and our confident expectation is to recognise that God is with us, that God provides for us, that God wants to give us a sense of joy even in the midst of difficult circumstances about the things that we do already have and the gratitude that we can express for what he's given to us. To know that God hasn't left us on our own, that he is going to be there for us and provide for us. For some of us, we're struggling with sickness or illness or we're struggling physically. And so that can get in the way of us being able to experience all that God's got for us. Now here again, we hold on to the hope, the confident expectation that one day we will be fully healed and fully whole when we pass from this life into the next. But in the meantime, we can trust that God is still at work, that God is with us in the midst of our struggles and that God again wants to bring a sense of joy and peace into our lives as we work through the challenges that we've got. For some of us, as the year comes to a close, we're struggling a bit with just feeling lost, wondering what our sense of purpose is. For lots of people, this year has brought a lot of processing into our lives, especially during the times that we've had in lockdown. And we're wondering about whether we're in the right career or the right job or whether we're living life the way that we really want to. We ask questions about what's most important. And so as we head into a new year, all those questions are coming to the surface. What's next year going to be about? We have a hope, a confident expectation that God's with us as we process through those things. That God wants to help us to understand what our purpose is, as we've talked about in our Shape series over the last few weeks. That each one of us is created to make a difference and God wants us to discover what those things are. But that we have a confident expectation that God's with us as we process through those things. And he wants to give us a sense of peace to be able to make decisions that are aligned with his best as we move forward. So I want to give us an opportunity to be able to pause and just reflect on all of that. It's a lot of information. And so let's just take a couple of moments to be able to slow down, think about what that looks like for us. And to use this question, what am I hoping for this Christmas? As we journey through these next few weeks as a part of our Advent time of preparation and building our sense of anticipation about celebrating Jesus' arrival, what are our deepest longings? What are our deepest yearnings? What are those things that we're really hoping for to the core of who we are? And what is the sense of confident expectation that we can take into those things based on what God has done in the past? What does the arrival of Jesus mean? in terms of our ability to be able to enter into those hopes, those longings and those yearnings. For some of us, it might be helpful to just dig in a little bit more about the implications of what it means that we can have eternal life in the here and now. What difference does it make for us that we can experience a full, complete relationship with God in the here and now as well as for eternity? How does that change our perceptions and our perspectives as we head towards Christmas? And for some of us, it might be an opportunity to be able to say, what does it look like for me to bring hope to others? There might be someone that you're close with, a family member, a friend, a neighbour, someone at work, someone at school, someone at uni, who you would say they desperately need a sense of hope as they head towards Christmas. So what does the message of Jesus speak into their lives and how can we be people who bring hope, who bring light, who bring joy, who bring God's dream? into the conversations that we have with the people around us. So take a couple of moments. If you're with the people, uh, if you're watching this with someone else, then talk with the people around you and uh, explain a little bit about what you are hoping for as you head towards Christmas. 
if you're on your own, jot some thoughts down, feel free to share some things in the chat with the others that are at home watching this by themselves, uh, but take a couple of minutes. What are you hoping for this Christmas? As we reflect on what our hopes are as we head towards Christmas, I want to reread these verses that come from John. We are confident that God hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Let's pray. God, we thank you that Christmas is about hope. It's about this confident expectation that we can have of what the future looks like because of what you have done for us in the past through the arrival of Jesus into our human existence. We thank you, Jesus, that you come to fulfill all of these promises that were around for so long about what the Messiah would be like, but that you do that in a way that is so radical and so upside down that it challenges the very core of what it means for us to experience God. And to be able to recognise that because of you, eternal life is available to us in the here and now. A full relationship with God, an ability to connect with God is available to us today, this week, this month, as we head towards Christmas, as well as for eternity. And so I pray that as we head towards Christmas, that you would continue to help us to understand the hopes that you've put inside of us, the deepest yearnings and longings that we've got to come alongside of that with the confident expectations that we should have about the ways in which you're going to fulfill those yearnings and those longings for us. For those of us who are struggling because of what we're going through at the moment and those moments where we don't feel like things are the way that they're supposed to be, we pray that you would bring light into those dark situations, that you would shine your light in and push the darkness back, that you would help us to see things accurately and you would help us to see the way forward that you would bring a sense of joy to us even in the midst of difficult circumstances and that you would bring a sense of your peace and your comfort to us 
as we process through these things, especially in the lead up to Christmas. We also ask that you would help us to be people of hope, that you would help us to understand what it looks like to share the hope we have with the people that we connect with as we go about our days and our weeks in the next couple of weeks leading up to Christmas. Give us opportunities to be able to share with them about the confident expectations we've got about the ways in which you're at work and help us to bring peace and light and joy into the different places that we move day in and day out. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.